0: We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds,
1: different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler.
0: I'm a big Taylor Swift fan.
2: I'm the queen of the tribe.
0: I am playing whatever role I got to play. I'm going to play this game four-speed.
2: I ain't going down like no punk.
1: A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Sunday, December 15th, 2019. I am Dan Rubin. This is Bucknuts Almost Live, our in-season Sunday morning podcast. Sure, there was no game this week, but there's plenty to talk about. And to take care of it, we brought in two of the finest. The Dean of Ohio State Recruiting, Bill Curlick, will join us in just a second. He'll be followed up by the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. Bill, how goes it for you on this gray Ohio morning? Goes well.
0: I'd like to see a little sun out there, but so be it, December in Columbus. But going well.
1: Same deal in the Gem City. Let's get to another city, New York City. There were several Buckeyes in attendance, two current Buckeyes, one former Buckeye. Justin Fields and Chase Young came in fourth and third, respectively. That's another topic in and of itself. Joe Burrow won the Heisman Trophy. Believe it or not, people, there was a time when Ohio State was going to add him as a quarterback that Buckeye Nation was not too pleased. He was not heralded. He had no other offers. Bill, you were one of the ones who was on the trail with him early. We're going to start with this because, as I said to you before the show, if there was a bigger champion of Joe Burrow behind the scenes than you, I do not remember him. You were on point with him from the start. Talk about what it was like to see him go from literally a guy who nobody wanted to you know highly decorated college football player in america
0: well I, I guess i would start with you know i'm not sure it could happen to a better family um you know joe burrow his mom dad i got to know them well and uh just great people um so I, you know i'm happy for joe you know he's worked really hard to get where he's at and um you know the, and they're they're such nice people they you know I went to uh, one of his games, uh, and I traveled two and a half plus hours to get to it on a Friday night. And he really and his family really appreciated that. I mean, they're just, you know, uh, they get it, so to speak. And, uh, you know, the situation he was in, you know, he, he, he ended up going to Ohio State and, uh, You know, the Buckeyes realized that, you know, he's a guy that could help the program. And, you know, he ended up in a battle for the job. And obviously that didn't turn out exactly the way he wanted it to. Uh, Went off to LSU. But, you know, I thought it was really neat last night uh, at the Heisen ceremony how many times that uh, he mentioned Ohio State and the state of Ohio. I thought that was great for him, his family, and for ohio as well as ohio state so you know kudos to joe um it, it, at one point i, I was at the uh, elite 11 regionals and it was at ohio state and uh i, I thought he performed really well I, I thought he was the best quarterback there he did not get selected for the elite 11 uh someone named alex malzone uh, was selected out of Michigan, and and I, I just I, I just did not understand, you know. Alex, Alex Malzone was about a six foot one quarterback who did did okay, uh, but I looked at Joe Burrow and the potential, and, and I saw a six foot three kid who uh, threw the ball pretty well and made plays, kept them alive with his legs and all, and I, I, I it just kind of amazed me, and. You know, we know how that turned out. Joe Burrow wins the Heisman, and Alex Malzone didn't make it. And that's not a knock on Alex Malzone. It's just that that uh, you know Joe Burrow was, was under the radar for so many people, and I, I'm just uh, uh, kind of uh, happy for the whole family, I guess you'd say.
1: I can only echo those sentiments. Those in Ohio are going to get to see plenty of Burrow going forward. He'll be with the Bengals. Um, truly a, an unbelievable ride for him and his family and um, I agree it was really cool to hear him refer to Michigan as that team up north or to you know when he got the award announced he went and thanked everybody from the LSU side and before he hit the stage he stopped and thanked Ryan Day and Mick maratti and I couldn't help but think that if you were a quarterback getting recruited to Ohio State and listen if you're looking at your future, sometimes you have to look at the worst case scenario, and I assume when you're a recruit, that's it, you'll have to transfer if you get somewhere. However, if you do look at that situation and see the feelings Burrow has for Ryan Day and Ohio State, and then you know that Ohio State has helped everybody who wanted to transfer get to a better spot, would you agree that 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 has helped them in recruiting in terms of like an overall vibe? Yeah, there's no doubt. You know,
0: uh, again, it was on display last night. As you mentioned, he goes and uh, thanks Ryan Day, and he thanks Mick Morati. You know, if you came in and saw Joe Burrow when he when he came in as a freshman, and, and then after a couple years of Mick Morati, you know, <laughs> there was an incredible difference there. So, you know, Ryan Day, Mick Morati you know, those people were all a part of this story with Joe Burrow, and he didn't forget it, and, you know, again, that's that's great for Ohio State. It is great for Ohio State on the recruiting trail, too, so everybody was a winner last night, in my opinion.
1: And keep in mind, he was on stage with two Ohio State players, one on offense, one on defense, at the key positions you want to recruit, so that's very good, and Kudos to Burrow for picking Justin Fields to win the Heisman next year. He's going to open as a serious Vegas favorite. Let's get to some other current events. We are now used to this. Every season, Ohio State has tremendous success. Their assistant coaches are up for bigger jobs. This one is Jeff Hathley to Boston College. He's only been here a year. He's made a tremendous impact on the field. Uh, his NFL approach to the secondary has been just lights out. Bill, how does this affect recruiting? Halfley has been in the ear of a lot of recruits, both committed and on the radar. Take us through what happens now with Halfley's guys, and uh, how you see things going. You've spoken to a lot of them.
0: Well, kudos first uh, to, to Jeff Halfley. You know he he, he earned that uh, job at Boston College, so to speak. You know the, the transformation of the high state defense this year. Him and Greg Madison and and Al Washington coming in as well. And Matt Barnes, you know, the transformation of, uh, the Ohio State defense has just been spectacular. So, um, you know, kudos to, to Jeff Hafley. Almost all coaches that are assistant coaches aspire to be head coaches and, and, uh, you know, and kudos to Ryan Day too, as well, because, uh, you know, Ryan Day, you know, plays a part in that and, and uh, it's, it's great that he helps his coaches get to the ultimate goal so again but as far as the the recruiting you know the high state staff has done a great job you know this is a hard time when when um you know one of your uh, uh top recruiters halfway was is number three in the country in the 247 sports recruiter rankings um you know when one of your top recruiters who has recruited some of the you know some really outstanding players for this class takes another job right before the early signing period starts. That's tough. But the high-state staff was prepared for this. They were working on it uh, just in case it happened before the fact. They were working on it on Friday night, on Saturday morning, and it's all looking pretty pretty good right now. Um, I expect uh, Jeff Halfley was involved with seven recruits, um, and I expect – at least six of them to sign with Ohio State. I I think that's what what is going to happen. I on Wednesday, the first day of the early signing period, the one in question could also sign with Ohio State. That being Clark Phillips, um, he is on an official visit to Utah this weekend. That news was broken by uh, our two four seven. West Coast insider Greg Biggins. He's on an official visit to Utah this weekend, and we'll see what happens. I know from talking to Clark um, last week, he was was concerned uh, about the situation with Jeff Halfley. Um, The visit from Ryan Day helped a lot, Um, but Clark still thought that Jeff Halfley was going to be at Ohio State uh, going into Friday night, so it was a surprise to him a bit. We'll see what happens on his official visit to Utah. You know, th- that one, I, I, it could go either way to be honest, and Ohio State certainly would like to keep him in the class. If they don't, then still, they've done extremely well and, and done a great job of working with the other players that Jeff Halfley recruited, and Jeff Halfley has helped to keep them at Ohio State as well for that matter.
1: That would be a bummer. Phillips is a big-time player, but nature of the beast, I guess. Bill, you also did a story about some other visits the staff went on this week. Bring us up to speed on that, and let's culminate with C.J. Stroud and talk about what's going to happen on December 18th. This week is the early signing day. Yeah, the coaches were out on the
0: road, obviously, and they you know, they know were first and foremost seeing their commitments. the The prospects in the class of 2020 and 2021, they were out on the road, and and doing a great job of seeing those kids. Um, and those visits uh, helped what has happened with the kids that Jeff Hathley recruited, in that they um, are for the most part staying with Ohio State. But they also are making stops to a lot of uh, 2000 top 2021 kids that they have been recruiting. Uh, one of them, of course, as you would expect, was Donovan Jackson who uh, had quite a week. He was visited by Ohio State as well as all his other top choices, including Nick Saban at Alabama. Uh, I still think that when he announces January 8th, that is going to be one for Ohio State, and that would be a big one. Um, and then, obviously, they made a stop to C.J. Stroud to see him. Uh, they did that on Thursday. Uh as I posted on Bucknuts, Ryan Day was there. Mike Yerssuch was there. Uh, that was just ahead of him leaving for Ohio State. He then got on a plane on Thursday afternoon around two o'clock and flew to Columbus. Um, his official visit this weekend. Um, you know, we'll see how everything turns out, but I still, um, as of Sunday morning, like the Buckeyes' chances to add him to the recruiting class. And, you know, what a, what a coup that would be. Uh, when you get one great quarterback in your class, that's fantastic. If you're able to get two, that's an absolutely grand slam. And the Buckeyes, of course, already have Jack Miller. We'll see if they add CJ Stroud. I, I continue, as again, as of Sunday morning, to like my pick of a crystal ball to him to Ohio State.
1: So what percentage of the class do you think will be in the bag on early signing day? And then who plans to be here early? Well,
0: I, I think, you know, obviously the staff is going to go and try to get every one of the commitments to sign on Wednesday, and I would not be at all surprised if that were to happen. In fact, um, I, I think it's more likely that happens than it doesn't. So they'll hopefully sign every one of the commitments on Wednesday, the first day of the national signing period. As far as who's going to be the early grads, uh, a long list. <laughs> They've done a great job of, uh, uh, they're going to have an infusion of outstanding talent um jack miller will be an early graduate and so will cj stroud again buckeye fans hoping he j- is in the class and then you you know you kind of go down the list and there's uh, a grand total of 14 of them uh not including stroud that are going to be early graduates you've got uh larue gavasos uh, smith and jigba uh, scott jr paris johnson fleming uh, Clark Phillips, providing that he stays with Ohio State, uh, Darion Henry, Luke Weipler, uh, Jacoby Cowan, Court Williams, uh, Mookie Cooper, and Ryan Watts. Those guys are all planning to be early graduates, early enrollees.
1: Very, very impressive list, and even more impressive update from the best in the business. Bill, have a terrific Sunday, brother. You too, Dan. Take care. Welcome back, Buck Nutters. We are pleased to be joined by the People Champ, Matt Baxendale, key of the Christmas Party Circuit, playing Hurt this morning. Bax, how goes it? Hey, you know,
2: the players aren't the only ones in the banquet circuit this time of year, let me tell you that. Uh, I am up and at them after uh, multiple nights in a row of fun holiday celebrations.
1: So as his waistline expands, so does his ability to speak on the Buckeyes. Last night I spoke to Bill about this at length, but it was kind of a celebration for a non-Buckeye, and I put that in air quotes because everyone knows Joe Burrow is really a Buckeye. Your thoughts on the evening and how Burrow handled it and the Ohio State vibe throughout. Well,
2: I mean, Joe Burrow certainly is a deserving winner. I don't want to take anything like that away from him. He had a heck of a football season um i'm just not sure how he became the consensus king runaway winner like record-setting separation winner it that that part to me seemed a little i, I just don't understand it like there's a lot of years where like you know you have one guy who's really good and the rest of the heisman finalists are so kind of fair. i don't get it this year you have justin fields with a 40 to 1 touchdown interception ratio you have chase young with a Everybody will tell you he's the best player in America, but he won't win the Heisman because it's a quarterback award at this point. Um, you have multiple other guys who should have had some semblance of, uh, you know, presence in the voting. Like, I don't understand why Joe Burrow's year makes him the runaway all time record setter in terms of votes at quarterback. Uh, you know, it, and it, it, it was, like he's had a good year, but so have some other people on undefeated teams too. I I I just to me it seems like there's a significant just discounting of what everyone else did. I don't know how in the hell Jalen Hurts finished second. Uh that part to me is mind boggling. I would have figured some some somewhere along the line, these Buckeyes would have gotten a little bit more credit. But it you know, it is what it is. And Joe Burrow is a certainly a deserving winner. I just don't get how Ninety percent of people had him in first place of all the voters. To me, that seems beyond the pale. I don't know who these voters are at this point. The Heisman voting is uh, has long been a question. This year is another good example of it. You know, that said, Joe Burrow gave a great speech. You know, it it was obviously a coronation for him. They they talked to Jalen Hurts first because I think ESPN figured he'd finish last, and they did the two Buckeyes mostly together. And it was a cool story for osu being the first school ever to have a defensive and offensive player there um it wasn't like the college football awards on thursday which was just the most ridiculous show to watch in terms of osu being disrespected uh but in the end a guy who i think most of us consider to be a buckeye still to this day is now a heisman trophy winner i'm sure he had purple on and then you know that's his uh that's his, his 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 secondary school at this point and You know, I think a lot of us look at Joe Burrow and still consider him to be one of our own. And, you know, he certainly deserves congratulations. And I came out of the Heisman feeling like, hey, you know what? Maybe the right guy won, but the margins were ridiculously off from the way I would have felt about the vote.
1: Your point on Jalen Hurts is one that I mentioned earlier. That's somewhat of an indictment of the award if that guy finishes second. There is no way. Galen Hurts could be looked at as the second best player in college football this year. That's not even within the realm of reason. So, kind of silly. Moving on. Speaking of moving on, Jeff Hassley will leave Ohio State to become the new head coach at Boston College. Congrats to him. One year in Columbus. This does not make things easier at Ohio State, though. I talked about the recruiting side of it with Bill. Let's move on to the the on-the-field side. What concerns do you have about a coach being distracted during playoff prep? Now, this is standard operating procedure for Ohio State. We're always going to have coaches in this mix. What's your feelings on the Hathaway situation going forward and how it might affect the game against Clemson?
2: Well, the Hathaway situation is kind of unique because I think we all figured we'd lose him almost certainly after next year. So him leaving this year, the only real surprise is that it's for flipping Boston College. Uh, I, I I think the guy, if he had stayed the other year, might have had some serious level power five jobs clamoring for him. Uh, he might have had some NFL jobs clamoring for him. So to me, it almost feels like halfway settled for Boston College. You know what I mean? Like I feel like he, he could certainly get a better job than this. But he's an East Coast guy. He wanted to be out East. And let's be honest. How many power five jobs are east of Penn State? You know what I mean? You have Rutgers and you have Syracuse and you have Boston College and that's it. And so of the three I guess BC's the best job, so but uh regardless of what I think of the Boston College job, Jeff Halfley is gone. Uh he'll be there for the bowl games. Uh obviously he's gonna be sort of a split focus guy at this point. Um it's also gonna add more to Ryan Day's plate in terms of having to find a new coach. And it's very difficult to interview new coaches and recruit at the same time with the early signing day. You know, there's 18 things going on now. I imagine Ryan Day didn't go to any holiday parties last night. I imagine he went to the Heisman ceremony and then immediately started recruiting and or trying to call people to set up interviews, uh, you know, to to replace Jeff Hasley. So in terms of prep, I mean, obviously Greg Madison going to have to take on a little bit more of the uh, – of the preparation side of things, here you because know, athlete's going to be busy recruiting for Boston College at times. They're going to have to have some sort of schedule figured out the next couple of weeks where he can essentially do both. And, you know, for OSU, especially if they win the first game, they've got now a month where they have a temporary situation at defensive coordinator. Uh, I, ideally, what you can have happen is, is that your new defensive coordinator can be uh, found in the, the shortest amount of time possible, so he can at least cover the recruiting side of things um, and assist in the prep for these bowl games. Um, And the name I'm going to give you here is the name that I've been saying on on the front row, it's the name I've been saying on Twitter, and it's a very familiar name, Chris Ash. Chris Ash has had the the Texas job offered to him, and he has not taken it. And I, I wonder if the reason that he hasn't taken it is he'd much rather be in Columbus, where his kids and family are familiar, and a much more solid head coaching situation, Then, you know, Titty Bar Tom down in Austin, who, if he has another bad year, might be in trouble. Uh, Obviously, Ryan Day's here as long as he wants to be is the way it's shaping up. I genuinely think Chris Ash is an excellent choice for Ohio State. I know there's a lot of people who are pointing some of these younger, more dynamic guys in their eyes that can go opposite Greg Madison. But let's face it, Greg Madison's getting older. Greg Madison's not a long-term guy, whereas you bring Chris Ash back, Look, he sucked as the Rutgers head coach, but he was amazing as a defensive assistant here at Ohio State. Uh, let, let's not forget that. This is a guy who certainly, certainly can do the job as a defensive coordinator for OSU. Uh, he's a very good recruiter. I don't know how people somehow thought Chris Ash wasn't a good enough recruiter or something when he was here. He did a great job recruiting for Ohio State. I mean, again, because a guy can't recruit to freaking Rutgers does not mean he can't recruit at Ohio State. So to me, I think Chris Ash is the the clear choice. Uh, I don't really know if I'm Ryan Day, if I even make that big of a list. I call it Chris Ash and go, hey, you did awesome here before. Uh, You want to come back and be the co-coordinator of Madison until he retires? And after that, the job's all yours, assuming you do a good job like you did before. To me, that's the clear solution here. It's also the most familiar solution here, because you have guys on OSU's roster at this point that remember Chris Ash as their coordinator. So, you know, I think it, it wouldn't be continuity, maybe wouldn't be the word, but it would certainly be familiarity. And you know Chris Ash will do a good job. So, you know, it sucks that we're losing Halfley. There's no question about it. You Use a player or coach you'd love to have for an indefinite amount of time. Uh, but in the end, when you have talented assistant coaches, this is the next step. You know, it's not going to be like the Trestle era where we rarely lost assistants. And I think when you aren't losing assistants, maybe it's an indictment as to what your assistants are doing. So uh, happy trails to that Jeff Halfley. Hopefully he goes to Boston College with a national championship ring. And, um, you know, like I said, let's bring on Chris Ash. I think he's the solution.
1: I think Chris Ash will be the choice. If it's not, my expectation is Dave will dip back into the pro ranks and pull a younger guy out of there that we haven't heard of yet. Stay tuned to that. Ohio State entered the Big Ten championship game as the number one team. They emerged as the number two team, and now they play the number three team, and the national consensus is they have no chance against the number three team. What has changed? Why is Clemson now, public arena, such a prohibitive favorite?
2: Yeah, it's mind-boggling. I actually looked at CBS's, quote, expert predictions, and everybody picked Clemson, like every single person on their panel. and this ridiculous groupthink is kind of the same way we got Joe Burrow as the runaway Heisman winner because ESPN pushed it, and everybody was kind of like, yeah, yeah, Joe Burrow is clearly the man. You know, this is what happens when you have outside influence on voters who are sheep. But I think at this point, it's like everybody went, oh, now we're going to talk about Clemson. Finally, let's ignore the fact they've played no one this year. Let's ignore the fact that Ohio State's the first team ever to go undefeated in a nine-game conference schedule. They've had a average margin of victory of like five touchdowns this year. They haven't had a game within 10 points. Uh, to me, it's mind boggling that no, like the lack of respect, Ohio state had, that's the number one topic of this week's entire bucket of bullets. Uh, there just have been so many instances this week of Ohio state being kind of ignored or pushed to the side or, you know, degraded, if you will. I mean, from little things like Chris Fowler not even mentioning that OSU could potentially be DBU at the Thursday award ceremony for for the um, down in Atlanta. Or you you also have, you know, the fact that a guy who was mediocre this year in Grant Delpit winning the Thorpe Award over over Jeff Okuda. Little things like that are going to be motivators for this Buckeye team. But I don't understand all of a sudden why this Clemson team, is better than Ohio State. When they haven't played anyone this year, we all know what they are. They're a darn good team. I think Clemson's the second best team in the country behind Ohio State. I will say that. But you should be having... It's a pretty even game. You should be having a 50-50 split. It shouldn't be, all right, cool, Ohio State's here, and now Clemson's going to win. That's the attitude that we're getting, and it's ridiculous. And the other thing I want to throw out there about this whole lack of respect thing is good. I love it. I'd much rather everybody in the country be crapping on Ohio State left and right saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clemson's going to play LSU. We're going to see a real championship because they're from the Southeast versus everybody out there slobbering all over Ohio State because they're so awesome and so great. I like that they feel slighted. How many times do Heisman Trophy winners win championships? Not many. Ask Marcus Mariota how that went against the Buckeyes back in 2014. So I'm – Look, I'm mad that they're being disrespected, but I'm also glad they're being disrespected, if that makes any sense, because this is a team that doesn't already need any more motivation. But they're coming out of the the banquet circuit with a grudge. They're not coming out of the banquet circuit with 10 extra pounds on their stomach. So I I think at this point, I'm glad people are discounting Ohio State. And we're going to see how much that discount weighs in the mind of the Buckeyes whenever they play in the Fiesta Bowl, because it's a very real thing that this team feels disrespected. Just go on Twitter from Thursday night and see about how many players were tweeting this dismay at the way the Buckeyes were being treated. Another thing, by the way, J.K. Dobbins had an unreal season, and he's an afterthought for virtually every award. Uh, this is That's, that's a, just another example of the disrespect this Ohio State team is getting right now. I mean, you have a guy in J.K. Dobbins who's third in the country in rushing. And I think he's second in touchdowns or something like that. The guy has nearly 2,000 total yards, and nobody's even mentioning him left. It, it, it's, just, it's like he's an afterthought. A lot of these guys are going to be harboring a grudge going in game. And, by the way, one thing, too, Clemson wasn't even at me at these ceremonies. So you know Dabo Swinney's is going to be playing it up for them. Uh, I, I, did, I don't like to buy into narratives, but I am buying into the fact that I think the winner of the Ohio State Clemson game wins the national championship.
1: You can feel the passion, people. Your next move is to head over and read the bucket. We appreciate back getting up early after a late night. Have a great Sunday.